0: Oh, I always look forward to these conversations, our friend Dan Schaefer. He is the guy, the recombination area. Some brilliant writing on politics from a left leaning perspective, which I'm fine with. I always want to hear what the, in my case, the other side's talking about. But you do it in a, in a really thoughtful, in depth way, you don't write little short pieces. You're not, they're not a you know a five hundred word blog. You dig in deep, which is why I like what you do.
1: No, if I can keep a column under a thousand words, <laughs> that's that's, that's an achievement for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like so. to I I have a lot to say. I like to get in depth on the issues, and and I appreciate your uh, your kind words about that.
0: Yeah, because to me that's you cannot cover complex political stories, and trust me, they're complex,
1: mm-hmm.
0: multi layered, with uh, you know five hundred you know fluff words on why my party thinks this is important, whether party side you're on. That's not really reporting, and you, you've been uh, uh, rewarded for that great work many, many times. All right, so we'll start with this one. City of Milwaukee. Here's the headline, Journal Sentinel. Administrative screw-up leads to Milwaukee missing the deadline for a $15 million police grant. Sandy and I talked about this yesterday. There's a lot of pieces to this, and there's some mm-hmm. nuance here that I think people have to, have to understand. And the city has said we may have even gotten this grant and have been unable to spend the money given some of the recent legislation in Wisconsin your sort of overview of what happened here, is their fault? Is there someone to blame? Are there fingers to points?
1: Well, I think, you know, given the fact that some people within the mayor's office are saying that this was a mistake, are saying that the, this was, you know, a missed, uh, missed deadline on the application, it does seem like they, you know, they made a mistake here, and I think to a certain extent they're owning up to it, but they're also, I think, nodding to the complexity of this, which is that, You know, given the the Act Twelve Shared Revenue and Local Government Bill uh, passed earlier this year, there's some there's some complexity about like what and how uh, this grant could have been received or if it could be received. But but I still think you know I I think Jeff Fleming from the mayor's office was quoted in the Journal Sentinel piece as saying that they got this one wrong and that they should have. Uh, Should have, you know, filed this application, which, you know, it's it's I think it's important when public officials do make mistakes to actually acknowledge that they have made a mistake. And that's a good thing. And that's a good thing. Uh, You know, to this point, I think the mayor's office has been pretty buttoned up about, you know, these types of things. And this is does seem like uh, a slip up, but one that has some 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 complexity to it. So
2: what are some of those layers of complexity that help? clarify this?
1: Yeah, so I think you know they were talking about this being a federal grant uh, and whether or not that federal grant could be used in the city budget based on what the state government did for their certain requirements for levels of police funding in municipalities across Wisconsin, Milwaukee specifically. Uh, So there were some questions as to whether they would be able to accept this grant and put it towards uh, the police funding in the way that they have in the past. So I think this was I believe this this was the COPS grant, right? That's yeah. the acronym for yep. it, the yeah. COPS mm-hmm. federal they've grant. Because they had gotten it the past because they two had gotten years. it the past couple budget cycles.
0: Community oriented policing.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um. And so I think, uh, you know that whether whether or not they would have been able to use it, they probably should have taken the step to apply for it. Uh, to to have their bases covered either way.
0: Where where I, I fall on this is that. You know, you, you made the argument that you probably couldn't have used it, or at least that's the suggestion. And we're going to ask the mayor about this at eleven o eight when he joins us live. Um, but I, we had a great caller yesterday who had experience with the, the police department. She said, you, you can say that you're maxed out on your training classes, but you're forgetting that we're going to have retirees. People are going to leave the department, which isn't always an ongoing issue, especially as the trends show lately over the last few years, post-George Floyd. More and more folks leaving public service, leaving law enforcement. So I don't necessarily buy that excuse, if that's the one they're going to use or hang their hat on, that we couldn't have utilized these monies. And I also made the point yesterday, when you have opportunities to get grant money, typically... It's always a good idea to go for it. You can decide later whether it, it meets your needs. Sometimes you don't even spend all the money they give you. That happens a lot, actually, in this country. So I think that's more of a realistic response. But bottom line, I think what what taxpayers or residents are telling me, and I've gotten emails on this, who made the mistake? Is somebody going to get punished for that, or at least noted that they didn't do the right thing
1: yeah it said in the piece that there was an investigate internal investigation underway uh you know the police department didn't comment on it because it seems like it was you know partially uh you know on their part to to make the to send in the application and make this happen and all that um but yeah you would like to see some accountability here 15 million dollars for for police is, in a city is cash strapped is milwaukee is isn't you know something that our our leaders should be seeking for this,
0: and I will um, give the mayor credit. He yeah. he has been on our show many times, my show previously, and he is willing to talk almost on any issue, other than the ones he can't talk about for a lot of different reasons. And I respect that. And I think today, I'm hopeful that he will say, "Look, somebody screwed up, and we we hopefully won't make that that error again." Here's what we're going to do about it. Because that's the mm-hmm. here's what we're going to do about it part that intrigues me. Okay, everybody, we you know every city's made mistakes. Every elected officials made a ton of them. What do you do next? What do you do after? That's the thing that I'm looking for. for yeah, the that's,
1: that's the accountability question, right? You, yeah. you don't know exactly how um, that's going to that's gonna come down. It's going to be interesting to to see what he has to say on that. Absolutely.
0: Dan Schaefer, our guest on every Tuesday at, leading up to the election next year, and maybe beyond because we love you so much. Our Dan <laughs> Schaefer from the recombination area, also that famous sign at Mitchell Field that everybody takes a picture at. That's Most right.
1: Most people. I get, I get people sending me pictures at the Recon area all the time. I always know when my friends are traveling.
2: I know you do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I missed the opportunity. I was just traveling. I should have taken a picture because my wife pointed to the sign goes,
2: Dan Schaefer. go, yes, that's the guy. <laughs> Look at uh, that. Synonymous. Very right. good. That's when, right. When my
0: wife, my wife Kathy, is pointing out political connections, or in your case, a show connection, then you've really done it because she's not a good listener on my show. She's busy. <laughs> she's got stuff to do. She listens selectively, which is probably the best way to listen. All right, Sandy and Steve, after the break... There's a big Republican debate happening soon. I want to hear what a left-leaning writer on politics thinks about that debate and and where this goes, because this is a fascinating round two of a uh, battle royale for Republicans on on who is going to be their representative and all signs pointing to Trump so far. We'll take a quick break. Sandy Steve, WTMJ Now. Joining us in studio, as he does every Tuesday, Dan Schaefer from the recombobulation area. Brilliant writing on politics, state, national. I'm going to talk some national stuff. Big round two, second debate in California for the Republican candidates. I think there's seven this time. Does that sound right? Uh, Asa Hutchinson's not in currently. But you never know, because these things can change at the last and minute. So I think
2: they're actually getting confirmed today. I have a friend who's reporting there, and I asked her, okay, so who's confirmed? And they're still going to find out today, Yeah,
0: so there's... 24
2: hours before.
0: Yeah, and now Bill and Joel told us, especially Bill, that this number should have been winnowed already, and here we're still talking about a yeah. pretty large number. As a left-leaning political writer, your sense of the, the Republican race? Well, I still
1: think it is... Looking like Trump is going to win, pretty obviously he's way, way ahead in the polls. Uh, I think DeSantis, as the start of the race, you know, a few months ago with the most credible challenger. Uh, You know, he was at about 30% in the national polls to Trump's like 40 to 45%. So it was like, all right, are these going to be, you know, the head to head race in this? Well, obviously since then, DeSantis has just done nothing but slide downward, his trajectory of his campaign. I think in the national polls, he's under 15% now. I saw a poll in New Hampshire that he was in fifth, Iowa, that he was getting close to third. He has just been on a complete downward trend and has, has absolutely botched this campaign, I think, in a lot of ways. And I think. It, the pressure is really on him more than any other candidate to, to step up in this
0: debate.
2: And now he wants to have his own sideshow event mm. by debating Gavin Newsom. <laughs> yeah, Gavin Newsom of California, yeah. who isn't running last time we all checked. So, or is he? So just, yeah, it gets more and more curious. Is this just a way for DeSantis to try to get more eyes
1: yeah, I saw that was announced yesterday <laughs> that it was going to happen on November 30th. Is is the DeSantis campaign going to last until November it's a 30th? Great are question, they going to be yeah. around? Are they just going to have, you know, just this back and forth debate between two people who are not running for anything it, between Newsom and DeSantis? I don't know.
0: It's almost like these two are are thinking we'll be the fallback candidates, like if something happens to Trump, something happens to Biden, then everyone's going to go, "Oh, DeSantis Newsom, we've already had a debate. They're the natural choice." Maybe that's what they're thinking on this. I, I'm not sure. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know what DeSantis
1: has been thinking. Really, at any point in his campaign, it seems like he's been trying to run to the right of Trump in a lot on a lot of certain issues. And I think you know there was one poll out last week that has showed that he has completely fallen off with moderates. And I think moderates who are who don't who often don't like Trump. You know that's that's the piece of the Republican Party that I think is still available for another candidate to win over. You know, I think Nikki Haley's had a little bit of momentum since the Milwaukee debate. I thought she was probably the best candidate on stage uh, at that debate. But is there still an appetite in the Republican Party for any candidate who is not Trump? You know, that that's what really remains to be seen.
0: I mean, the big question that, you know, Bill McCosh and I and Sandy and Joe have been talking about for weeks is is what could knock Trump down or knock him out? And, and Barring a conviction, perhaps, but I'm not even confident that would do it in one of these, you know, in multiple indictments across multiple jurisdictions. But I, what I'm intrigued by, and I don't know if I asked you this question or not, I might have asked Bill or Joe this question: the Nikki Haley factor. I've heard from a, a ton of Democratic, Democratic-leaning women voters who are intrigued by Nikki Haley. They may not be a fan of, per se, of Joe Biden, and they see perhaps uh, when when she made that that speech, that speech, that comment on abortion during the first debate. That that opened some eyes from some, I don't want to say it this way, but I'm going to, conservative-leaning Democratic voters. Does that makes sense?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it, it showed. Uh, I, I thought those comments were interesting, too. I noted that in my in my write-up about the debate at the recombibulation area. I thought it, you know, unlike a lot of the other candidates, it offered some complexity to a very complex issue. And I think it was, you know, she, she was upfront about where she stands on this, but she was also a realist. And I like to think of myself as a political realist, too. Where it's just that Republicans are getting are losing on this issue, and she's trying to figure out a reasonable path forward on it in in a way that a lot of the other candidates haven't.
0: Yeah, light bulb went off in a lot yeah. of pe- a lot of Republican voters' minds, saying, "Okay, she's acknowledging something that a lot of Republicans elected or otherwise weren't acknowledging," and she said it out loud
2: in a the biggest forum available at, that night at the first debate here in Milwaukee. Uh, Go ahead. I would say we will see Nikki Haley tomorrow. It is official. The seven candidates who are in Ron DeSantis, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Chris Christie, Doug Burgum, Mike Pence, who not be there. Trump obviously not participating. And it's Asa Hutchinson who made it last time, but not this time. So seven, seven is the number, yeah. Stage, so just one so. candidate voted off the <laughs> yeah. island for this right. one.
0: <laughs> and, and I, I agree with Bill McCotch. It's got to be three next time. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, they got to reach real the quick threshold. before the break. And I want you to hang around uh, for the next segment. Um, Joe Biden still his numbers aren't good. Sandy I are going to be talking about this in the 10 o'clock hour. His numbers in a lot of different areas, economy, international, Ukraine, international questions, Ukraine specifically, not great as a left-leaning writer about politics. I mean, any concerns, age, any of those issues that gets in the way of his run for re-election? I mean, of course there are concerns, of course there are going to be, but
1: I think, I think the the criticism that we've been seeing directed towards Biden, and we've seen it in some of these poll numbers, is the fact that there's nothing to write about in the Republican primary. <laughs> because So they're starting to, to ask questions elsewhere to start looking at the general You know, if this was a competitive primary, if Trump wasn't at like 60 percent in a lot of these states and a lot of the national polling, we'd have stories about what Ron DeSantis said or what Nikki Haley said or what the back and forth between these candidates would be. You think back to, um, you know, the the Democratic primary a few years ago when it was when we had Bernie Sanders and and, and Pete Buttigieg. And Mm -hmm. there were all these different stories about that. It was less of a focus on Trump now that there is just one candidate lapping the field. I think that has drawn the media's attention to to kind of poke holes in the Biden candidacy and, and because there is really not a competition to write about in the Republican Party right
0: now. In your head, any, any chance Biden's not the, not the candidate? I, I think he's going to be the candidate. I absolutely think he's going to be the candidate. He is Dan Schaefer. Last segment coming up with the uh, political writer extraordinaire after this on WTMJ Now. couple minutes left with our friend and frequent contributor on the program, Dan Schaefer. Recombobulation area, people want to find that. How can they find it? Uh, you can find me at the Recombobulation Area
1: dot News, Recombobulation Area dot and you can also find me on Twitter, where I occasionally tweet about things other than the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> you do love the Bucks.
0: <laughs> I, I, can, I can attest to that. And by at the Dan way, Dan R. Schaefer. regardless of your politics, it's brilliant reporting on politics. So. To your credit, you deserve a, to get those well, those views. Very it, nice of you to say, Steve. So it, it, well, I, I don't say it lightly. It's good stuff. All right, real quickly, Senator Menend- Menendez is in trouble legally. He is now claiming that apparently he keeps half a million dollars in cash because of his background. I don't buy any of that stuff. He's got serious charges looming against him. Now five, including our junior senator, that's the breaking news piece, has now said he should resign. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think it's the right move. I think uh, I think Tammy Baldwin this morning became the fourth senator to fourth Democratic senator to say that Menendez should resign. Uh, I think there have been three since we've been three more since we've been talking on the program yeah. here. Uh, now, Elizabeth Warren, John Tester, a couple other names uh, saying that they are encouraging Menendez to resign. I think the dam is breaking here. I think Democratic Democrats need to stand for the rule of law in this moment and, and, and recognize that, um, you know, backing somebody who has these very serious charges against them uh are is is a real problem and,
0: there's a there's a political yeah. point too here to, yeah. to to point to he's in legal trouble. he resigns. What do you do about Donald Trump if you're a Republican? He's in legal trouble he's not backing away. so that's a clear difference between the two parties that I'm not a Democrat, but I would exploit that difference because if he does resign, that is a clear point of demarcation between the parties. Yeah, I saw it was. I thought it was interesting that some of the first few
1: senators to you know say something were senators that are going to be up for reelection right. in swing right. states. Yeah, so I yeah. think uh, Senator Brown from Ohio, Tester in Montana, Baldwin in Wisconsin. Some of these races that a lot of people have circled for uh, what are going to be the most competitive races uh, on the twenty twenty four map. Those are the among the first senators to say something. I don't think
0: that's a coincidence. I don't think so either. At some point, we're going to talk about that Senate race. And once we have candidates there, other than Tammy Baldwin, to talk about. Dan Schaefer. I guess so. <laughs> Dan Schaefer. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Recombobulation area is his work. Is that a weekly, weekly or biweekly? Weekly,
1: but I think nowadays it's a little bit more frequent That's than weekly. That's what I thought. We're, yeah, we're getting we're getting a little bit more regular content into your inbox. So it's if you're it's a, it's a subscriber, you can become a free subscriber, and then we'll we'll have some sales coming up. So you'll you know get the free subscription, holidays. see how you like it, love it, see what you think for the for the sales.